7.33. So the COVID-19 pandemic has created challenging times for many of us, if not all of us in one way or another. But what about already vulnerable people? We've heard about, for example, those with medical conditions, how they would be particularly challenged during this time. The homeless, though, is another major area of concern for many people, as one non-profit in Atlanta is doing its part by building portable hand-washing stations throughout the city. Let's hear more by welcoming on the line Terence Lester, co-founder and executive director of Love Beyond Walls. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So can you describe for us uh, the scene in Atlanta during this outbreak so far? Yes. uh, In Atlanta, currently, our city is under uh, a mandate to uh, shelter in place. Um, So that means a lot of commuters and a lot of people that work in the city of Atlanta are actually at home in their quarantine. However, uh, there is another group of individuals that are still uh, without shelter and Uh, They have no home to shelter in place, and that uh, group of people is people experiencing homelessness. Uh, Currently, right now, there are parks uh, filled with uh, people experiencing homelessness. There are um, bridges uh, beside highways uh, that have people under them uh, living in tents, and there's a a dire need for uh, this community to actually uh, have uh, their dignity uh, affirmed and uh, for us to be concerned with it. So typically, how would someone who's homeless in Atlanta, and as I said before, this could be relevant perhaps to to homeless people in, in cities across the world, how, how would they manage their hygiene? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, most, most people experiencing homelessness uh, rely on uh, shelters, if they are uh, in a program, uh, which there are uh, very few shelters here in the city of Atlanta, and if they do have beds, they've already maxed out the number of beds that they have uh, within the shelter. Uh, another, another place that people frequent is uh, re- religious congregations or uh, communities of faith. Um, uh, most people experiencing homelessness have some type of ties there, and these uh, communities of faith have programs that offer uh, resources and supplies. Another area is our, our, our libraries, right? Libraries are actually closed, um, and most people experiencing homelessness use libraries as like a daytime shelter or Uh, to gather local information or to access the internet. And the library also offers uh, valuable resources for people experiencing homelessness. And then you have, you know, everyday places like uh, restaurants and uh, public public spaces that have been uh, closed down as well, uh, which leaves this community um, without access to the basic uh, necessity of soap and water and access to valuable resources to help them protect themselves against uh, the spread and contraction of the coronavirus. Have you had a chance to hear from people on the ground there as to how worried they are about contracting this uh, this disease? For example, some people might think, well, they've got so many other issues on their plate, they might uh, 
think coronavirus is kind of like the last of their concerns? Yeah, uh, that's another great question. Um, yes, we have heard uh, very, uh, very many uh, concerns and fears. Uh, our organization actually has a center in the heart of the city of uh, Atlanta, and we work with a lot of community members. And two weeks ago, we kept hearing, you know, I'm afraid for my life. I'm afraid that I'll contract uh, the COVID-19 virus. And when we asked them to explain, you know, what was at the base of those fears, uh, they would start talking about, well, the media or the news is suggesting that I should wash my hands and I have nowhere to wash my hands. So uh, hand washing became a, a really big concern for people experiencing homelessness. And then the other thing, too, is um, people that are living on the streets uh, have forged and formed community with commuters, uh, people who travel back and forth to work. And now not only uh, has social distancing uh, provided social isolation for them. Uh, it's compounded because in many ways people have expressed uh, deep and sincere loneliness uh, while living on the streets. Yeah, it's um, something that perhaps many of us don't pause to consider what the psychological impact of that would be like. And and sometimes there is this tendency, as I said before, to kind of think, well, that when you're dealing with so many different issues, how do you kind of get worried about one particular outbreak. How, how do they get their information as well? For people who don't have access to a television or, or a mobile phone, would they be uh, communicating? I mean, yeah, I'm just actually interested in what sort of network there might be there for communicating the latest updates on, a, on an outbreak like this. Yeah, that's a great, great, great question. Um, one thing that I've noticed about uh, the community of people that are unhoused is uh, they have great communication skills. And so uh, oftentimes if technology is lacking, uh, there is a word of mouth component where a friend will tell a friend uh, some information and that information kind of, kind of spreads uh, throughout the community. Another uh, resource has been uh, volunteers who have volunteered with our organization. We've created um, documents uh, explaining what the coronavirus is, how, how it may impact them if they have pre, pre-existing conditions. Uh, and we've been able to explain in detail uh, to people with passing out this information uh, just on regular sheets of paper uh, the, the danger of, of the spread and contraction of this virus. And I tell you, uh, like you said before, uh, many people may wonder, well, they they already have so many other things on their plate, but the reality is that they are human beings, and they have feelings, and they have stories, and they are uh, people who are also uh, deserving of our concern um, and respect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just the very nature of this interview creates a, a them and us feeling because we're talking about them uh, and here we are uh, in a, probably a more comfortable position right now but it's a necessary uh, part of this this investigation uh, and, and let's get on to what you're doing, this mobile sanitizing stations project. How will this actually work and how will you ensure that everybody gets access, that they remain sanitary for example and, and all the other considerations that may arise? Yeah, 
Uh, every single day, uh, we have a team of volunteers. We call them frontline volunteers right now uh, are, that are going out and ensuring that the stations are sanitized daily and also restocked and refreshed uh, with clean water. Um, this is high on our priority list as we want to make sure that uh, we are keeping uh, these water stations uh, uh, sanitized uh, for those who may use them uh, each and every day. And, uh, you know, as the rest of the world is, is talking about washing their hands and keeping their hands sanitized, uh, similar to what you were talking about, this us and them, you know, uh, one of the driving forces that is driving us uh, to ensuring that people have access to this water and soap is that there is an entire uh, community of people experiencing homelessness in the United States and globally uh, who don't have access uh, to this basic necessity. And, um, you know, uh, as we're talking about social distancing, right, um, I don't really like that phrase. I think what we're doing is physical distancing uh, because we're very much uh, remaining social through uh, technological tools um, I think uh, people experiencing homelessness have been dealing with social distancing long before uh, the coronavirus by default. And what we're trying to do is ensure that these stations are in uh, high traffic areas where people experiencing homelessness may frequent. Uh, so they will have constant access to uh, these basic necessities like soap and water. Uh, because the, the, the overall thing that we keep hearing is that um, – uh, we feel like people have forgotten about us. Do you have hope that this can be rolled out in other cities, states, maybe even other countries might be inspired? Of course. Uh, right now we are working on uh, installing some stations in Austin, Texas. Uh, we're partnering with a group there. Uh, we later plan to roll this out in New York and California. Uh, we have some plans lined up with about 10 other cities. And I'm most definitely hoping that this inspires people around the world because homelessness is not a localized issue. It's a, it's a global issue. Uh, there are over 150 million people in the world uh, that go to sleep at night without a home. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that this, this moment in history is causing us to pay attention to a, a population of people that need our love and attention. It helps when you get a bit of publicity along the way, like, for example, collaborating with Grammy Award-winning hip-hop artist Lecrae. How did that come about? Yeah, uh, so I was dreaming of this idea of uh, assembling uh, these hand-washing stations, and uh, Lecrae is a friend. I've known him uh, for years now. Uh, he called me, and he asked me what our organization was doing uh, tangibly in a, in a practical practical way to, uh, uh, you know, help uh, people experiencing homelessness. And I told him this idea, and he he just kind of rose to the occasion. He said that he wanted to be involved, and that's how we created the uh, campaign called Love Sinks In. Um, and so, like I was saying before, our goal right now is, with the campaign is to install as many portable wash stations as possible over the next two to three months because nobody really knows how how long this will last. And, and we're challenging uh, public leaders uh, to help us to address this invisible uh, population uh, because what, what we're doing right now is giving people access, people, human beings, uh, access to a, a basic necessity, which is uh, soap and water. 
If these measures fail, though, uh, I mean, of course, it's not foolproof anyway. Um, If we have infections among the homeless population, how do they seek help in the United States? That's a great question. Uh, Currently, uh, I know there are some cities in the Midwest that have set up uh, tents uh, for testing. I'm specifically hoping that more cities will get on board to create uh, ways uh, where people experiencing homelessness can be tested and and cared for. Uh, right now, the uh, the number of contractions have has risen uh, dram- uh, drastically, and so uh, I think our country is really struggling uh, trying to figure out a plan as to how we are to address. Um, all of these cases uh, in the health healthcare field. And so, yeah, that's my hope. Uh, right now, I can't give you a, a clear answer on that, but uh, we have a, a hospital here in the city of Atlanta that is uh, taking people in. Uh, our mayor, our mayor uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, the city was just donated a hotel, so people who test and uh, are found positive will be uh, housed in this hotel in isolation as a form and measure of care. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping more examples like this rise up across uh, across our country. Well, there has been a celebration of humanity throughout this outbreak in amongst the negative headlines and, and fear and fear-mongering. There has been a celebration of humanity and rising up against it. Um, it's a good reminder for us today that uh, people who happen to be homeless are also part of that humanity. Terence Lester, co-founder and executive director of Love Beyond Walls, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.